Good day, and I thank you for tuning into the All About Jesus podcast. We are humbled and thankful for you giving us a few minutes of your time to listen to our messages. We pray that it reaches you where you are and motivates you to move closer to God and act as God places it on your heart to do so. So today, if you don't mind, I want to talk to you from the thought of lies, truth, and promises. Where do you stand? Our main scripture will come from Revelations 21, 7 through 8, and it reads as follows. He who overcomes will inherit all this, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. But the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexual immoral, those who practice magic arts and idolatry and all liars, their place will be in the fiery lake of the burning sulfur. This is the second death. Let the Lord have a blessing to the reading of his word. So let's dive right into point one. And point one is the lies. Someone once said, a man is never more like the devil than when he's telling a lie. With lying being so prevalent today, people are becoming immune to them and not demanding the truth anymore. But people must understand where lies originate from, are manufactured at, and sent forth from. If there's any doubt, let me tell you, the devil, Satan, the enemy, Lucifer, who is the father of lies, just as Jesus describes him in John 8:44, the father of lies, when he lies, he speaks his native tongue. Understand these are words spoken by Jesus. So we can see that lies are directly connected to, associated with, manufactured by, ushered in, dispersed from the mind and influence of Satan. That's a mouthful. Lies are his method of communication and his language. So with so many lies of the enemy swirling around our nation and out of the mouths of leaders, some lying 15 to 20 times a day from the highest office in the land. People are becoming immune to the lies. In today's culture and political environment, some officials in the U.S. have created this environment where people are questioning, are lies the new norm? Did you hear me? Are lies the new norm? So the devil's language, the new norm in the USA, because if lies are the norm and truth doesn't persist to exist, where are we as a country? Moreover, where are Christians as these lies are being dispersed? In this culture where truth is under assault and lies are being spewed every day and being written off as campaign rhetoric or spin or falsehoods, we as Christians have to be willing to call them out for what they are. They're lies. They're not alternative facts or falsehoods, but plain old lies of the enemy who is attempting to desensitize people to his language of lies through those who are willing to disperse them for him and who are working on his behalf, willingly or unwillingly. But either way, you must not give them an excuse or passes for the lies they tell. It's so unfortunate. Some think, ah, what's it going to hurt? And I've heard people that call themselves Christians say things like that. With that thought in mind, Ah, what's it going to hurt? Let's look at scripture. These six things the Lord hates. Yes, seven are an abomination to him. A proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that are swift to running to evil, 
a false witness who speaks lies and one who sows discord amongst the brothers. Proverbs 6, 16 through 19. Notice that in this short list of seven things God hates, two of the things mentioned are a lying tongue and a false witness that speaks lies. Two of the seven things God despises involves lying. In the human mind, people don't rank lying as an issue or high on the meter. But in God's sight, it's a big deal. God says, here are seven things I despise that are repulsive in my sight. And lying is one of them. In fact, we may say that lying in the scripture are two of the seven. Let's look at more scripture and see what it says about lying. Proverbs 12:22 tells us, Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but they that deal truly are his delight. So it is clear how God feels about lying. He hates it. Thirdly, lying is contrary to the nature of God. The old law says, you shall not steal, nor deal falsely, nor lie to one another. Leviticus 19 and 11. Remember, we spoke earlier about where lies come from. Lies are connected to, ushered in, and manufactured by the enemy. Know everything that he asks you to do will be based in and on lies. Don't forget, he has been called the father of lies. Lies are his base, foundation, and root that produces all of his fruit, with lies being his foundational piece. And know many of the various sins that people are dragged into are based on his lies. Adulterous behavior, whoremongering, addictive behavior, collusion, treason, theft, money laundering. What do they all have in common? All built on and based in lies, but culminating in bad behavior and sinful acts. The Bible says, thou shalt not lie. Serious enough that it's in the Bible. And God himself says not to do it. Lying is serious. God takes it serious. So as Christians, if it's serious to God, it has to be to you and I as well. So to speak against lies is speaking up for God and out against the enemy. Lies are connected to the enemy. He is covered in them and there's no truth found in him. In Psalms 31, 5, scripture calls God the God of truth. God cannot lie. He hates lying. It's contrary to his nature and God forbids his children to lie. But the enemy encourages his. The Bible says a righteous man hates lying. Proverbs 13 and 5. Righteous men hate lying just as God does because they are of God. Just as unrighteous men enjoy lying and they follow their father, the father of lies. So we can rest assured that when his lips are moving, he's lying. Or the ones working for him, lips are moving. You know and I know one thing. He and they are lying because that is his native language and they are his instruments spreading lies. All lies, no truth found in him. So as Christians, when we look at this environment, this politically charged environment, we have to understand when our leaders are lying, we have to stand up and call them out. Lies cannot become the new norm. And that takes us to point two. Point two is draped in truth. When Christ walked upon this earth. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by the Son. John 14 and 6. In addition, his word is truth. The psalmist wrote, 
for the Lord is right and all his works are done in truth. Psalms 33 and 4. John wrote, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. John 17, 17. Just as the enemy's connection and foundation are based on lies, Jesus's is connected to, rooted in, and his very foundation is rock solid truth. He is clothed in righteousness and draped in truth. So we should thank God. We have a leader, a savior, a counselor that is draped in truth. And lies are not a part of his DNA or his MO. And as Christians, we are supposed to follow his lead, to be commissioned and called, to be ambassadors, imitators, spokespeople right here on earth for him. Do you know in a world that seems to be becoming immune to lies and forsaking the truth, it is up to Christians to stand up and speak out for Jesus. Even when it's hard, difficult, and unpopular, because you must understand if anything that he has asked you to do is easy or was easy, don't you think everyone would be doing it? There's a magnet on my refrigerator that says, nobody said it would be easy. And following Jesus and speaking truth to power isn't always easy. The text says the way, the truth, and the life, his way, his truth, and his life, his way. His way means the right way, not the easy way. But understand, it is the necessary way. Especially now, when lies roll off tongues like water down a waterfall. And do you know what the truth does for us? It sets us free. Free from sin. Sanctify us in truth. John 17, 17. Seal with the promised Holy Spirit because of the word of truth. Ephesians 1. We are brought forth by the word of truth. James 1 and 18. We are led in truth. Psalms 25 and 5. We are led to God's holy hill by truth. Psalms 43 and 3. We are taught God's way so we may walk in truth. Psalm 86. We become his disciples because of his truth. John 8, 31 and 32. We learn to speak truth to one another. Zechariah 8 and 16. We learn not to deceive ourselves because we know the truth. 1 John 3 and 18. We learn to live for Jesus all because of his truth. And we get to live in peace due to Jesus' truth. Albert Schwartz said, let us rejoice in truth wherever we find its light burning and understand where truth is, Jesus will be also. John Wycliffe said, I believe in the end, truth will conquer. And the Bible reminds us we are more than conquerors, Romans 8 and 37. So we are the ones who have been called to conquer the lies, injustices, and wrongs because of the truth we find in Jesus Christ. When people value the truth, they are saying they value Jesus because he is truth, fully draped in it. And we have to stand up for him against the lies of the enemy. I'm going to stop right here. We'll pick up and move to point three the next time we speak. Amen. Greetings. I'm back. You're back. So let's dive right back into the message and right into point three. Promises, what happened? God is not man that he should lie, nor son of man that he should change his mind. Does he speak and not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? I have received the command to bless, and he has blessed, and I cannot change it. Numbers 23 and 19. The scripture makes a bold statement 
and then ask some questions. The statement is, God is not man that he should lie, implying that man will lie and God won't. Then comes two questions. Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? In the Bible, God has given approximately 5,467 promises to those who believe. And by every account, he has acted on and fulfilled each and every one of them. Scripture says, the Lord is faithful to all his promises. That's Psalms 145 and 13. So we can see and believe every promise given to us by God will be delivered on. If we go back to the statement in the scripture, it says God acted on, delivers upon, and is true to all his promises. That is in stark contrast to what scripture is implying or saying about man. So I ask you this question. Was that statement of man's lies about promises or forewarning of what we're seeing today, right now in the U.S., from politicians, the president, as well as ones running for the presidency. In this political charged environment, where lies are wrapped in the guise of promises, with no chance of these things ever being fulfilled or coming to pass, knowing the promises they are speaking are lies from the onset, and they do it without shame, conscience, or conviction. Remember it said in point one, a man or woman, is never more like the devil than when he or she is lying. Free college for all, free health care for all. We're going to build a wall and Mexico is going to pay for it. All campaign promises, but really campaign lies in disguise. And again, each knows the promise is a lie before they open their mouths to say it or even write it down on paper. So we can call these promises that politicians make what they are, They're lies, nothing but lies being disguised as promises. With people like this trying to make broken promises the norm. Did you hear me? Broken promises or lies the norm, especially when they know it's not true before they say it or promise it. The promises they make are plain and simply lies from the enemy's bag of tricks, making false claims and statements they know can't or won't happen. It appears to me that broken promises or lies seems to be a prerequisite to running for public office these days. Remember, we've already established in point one that lies originate, are orchestrated, and are disseminated from Satan. Jesus called him the father of lies. So with these elected officials so quickly to spew lies in the form of promises, we can only surmise, based on what scripture says, From the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So for one to come forth with a promise that they know is a lie tells us what's in the heart of that person. In this environment, when promises are lies from the onset and lies roll off tongues like water down a waterfall, we are seeing and experiencing right now is a slow erosion of the moral fiber, integrity, and values of the United States as well as the enemy desensitizing people to the harm of lying and devaluing of promises and truth. I'm not sure if believers truly know who they're dealing with when it comes to the adversary. The enemy is a scammer, a schemer, and trickster. He has been doing what he does since the beginning of time. 
And lying is at the top of his list of tricks and schemes to use on people. Please understand this. The enemy is slick and subtle with his attacks. When believers aren't paying attention to the plans and schemes he's orchestrating. And yes, don't get me wrong. Sometimes he's brash and bold and in your face. But other times it's a drip, drip, drip. And then that drip becomes the norm. And now in this day and time, it's lies he's trying to push on you and me as the new norm. We as believers must understand the enemy is in full attack mode on truth and promises. And he's willing to use whomever is available. And it appears in today's culture, it's our elected officials who are in his eyesight and crosshairs to carry out his plan. Can I ask you this question? What happened to promises? I can remember a time when a broken promise was a big deal. If you broke a promise, you would be confronted with an emphatic, but you promised. What happened to those responses? I can still remember when promises were sacred words, sacred words spoken to someone and they meant something. Can I say this to you? God's promises still mean something. Even if politicians don't, his still does. They are still sacred. But what we are seeing and finding is that Christians are the main ones making excuses for the people making promised lies. Can I ask this question? Are they still sacred to those who do that? I must say, obviously not, because we hear them making excuses and they're saying, I know he was just talking. He didn't really mean Mexico was going to pay for the wall. I know he promised But what he meant was, what he had said was, no, what he did was he lied. And what he said was a lie. And that is the truth of the matter. His promise was a lie, simple and plain. A lie is a lie regardless of what you wrap it in. If I took a pig and put lipstick on a pig and then promised you after the lipstick is applied to it, it would become a horse. That would be a lie. It's still a pig. It's just wearing lipstick. So a lie dressed in the clothing of a promise is still, well, a lie. Whether it's a pig or a wall, still a promised lie. And the sad thing about this is these are supposed to be Christians making these excuses of promises made, promises not kept for a person lying to them. In essence, accepting the enemy's lies without pause and are writing it off as campaign rhetoric. Don't you know as Christians, it is the promises of God to his people that helps them to keep their hope up, faith up, belief, and allows obedience to occur. Promises are connected to, orchestrated by, and originated from Almighty God. Remember, 5,467 promises from God not one lie. Understand when lies overtake promises, that's Satan's plan. He's attempting to drive down, diminish, or make promises lack the importance God places on them. He can then replace them with his lies. No, that's a bad position and place for Christians to occupy. Ask yourself, who's winning? When believers are not standing and demanding that promises made are promises that need to be kept. The enemy is winning. 
His efforts to desensitize believers to lying and devaluing promises are working. And who better to use than the elected officials of the U.S., the most blessed country on earth? So I ask you, how can a believer compromise something that God has promised you that he would never do, and that is break a promise to you? Aren't people supposed to be imitators of Christ and follow his lead? So if God says, I will be faithful to all my promises, and we are seeing, witnessing, and experiencing situations where people that are doing the polar opposite, and these are just not everyday, ordinary people. These are your leaders, the leaders of the United States of America. So as Christians, isn't this a red flag? And doesn't that give you cause to pause when a person or persons can promise you something and it's a lie from the onset that doesn't reign of God, but bodes of the enemy and against what God stands for promises are under attack. And what is that saying about you or the ones who are willing to make excuses, accept it or stand up for it? I ask you to do one thing for me as a Christian think about it. And that takes us to point four. But I'm going to stop right here and I'll continue to point four the next time we speak. And I promise you, you don't want to miss it. Amen. Be blessed. Greetings. I'm so excited that you're back. So we can dive right back in to the conclusion of lies truth and promises where do you stand let's do a quick recap we talked about the devil's lies in point one we spoke of jesus's truth in point two we had a conversation about promises what happened to them in point three and that moves us right into point four and point four is where do you stand now that we have clearly established where lies truth and promises come from and are connected to Please allow me to ask you this question. Where do you stand? And of course, the most popular answer will be, we stand for Jesus and God, for truth and on promises. Well, my next question is, are you sure? Because often people say one thing with their mouths, but their actions display something else. So I simply ask you to ask yourself, am I one of those people who say I stand for truth, but compromise it? when it suits your needs. Because in this political environment, many have compromised their Christian values, beliefs, truths, promises, and faith for their own personal benefit. Compromise truth for lies or look the other way when lies were wrapped in campaign promises. Know this, a person can't stand for Jesus' truth, accept Satan's lies, then say you believe in God's promises, and then defend your decision to support what's clearly wrong in the sight of God, and then say, God knows my heart. Let me say this. Yes, he does. You exposed it to him when you supported wrong, accepted lies, and stood up for it, compromising God's promises and Jesus's truth for a lie and or a campaign promised, dressed up as a lie, because that is a perfect example of a hypocrite. Christians today are in a different and a difficult situation all due to choices that have to be made and actions that need to be taken based on the climate and environment. 
we find ourselves living in today, the lines that are culminating from high places. We've seen this before in the 70s with Watergate and Richard Nixon. And now we find ourselves here again. Lies being spewed and corruption being revealed from the highest ranks of the U.S. government. We are Christians. When truth is under attack and promises are broken daily. Remember we said a broken promise is a lie. So the truth and promises are under attack. There's a battle, a war, an attack underway against them both. So my question is simple. Where are Christians? And where do you stand? And understand this. This is not a Republican thing, a Democratic thing, an independent thing. This is a human thing, a Jesus thing, a God thing, because lying is a devil thing. You know, lying is a sin. Remember in Leviticus 19, and also remember in Proverbs 6, it's an abomination and repulsive in God's sight. So it's quite clear how God feels about lying. He hates it. So if he feels that way, how should you and I feel as Christians? Let's go a little deeper and look at our main scripture again. It was found in Revelations 21, 7 and 8. And it reads as follows. He who overcomes will inherit all of this. And I will be his God and he will be my son. But the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexual immoral, those who practice magic arts, the idolaters and all liars, their place will be in the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. Again, Revelations 21, 7 and 8. In the text, all liars are pointed out, as well as the cowardly, murderers, and the sexual immoral. Our main scripture says, cowards will be placed in the lake of burning sulfur, along with their lying counterparts. I see cowards as the ones who have platforms that don't speak up and out against what's wrong. Cowards being the ones who don't stand up for God and his word. Cowardly leaders and Christians that won't stand up to the wrongs of the enemy. Cowardly leaders who won't speak out against the enemy's lies. Cowards who have been commissioned but hide. The ones who have not overcome their fears or are not soldiers for the truth. Can I ask you this? What commissioned police officer or army soldier runs away or sits silently by when the enemy is attacking? He runs to fight and protect. God's commissioned officers and soldiers need to run towards the attacking enemy. Stand up for God and against injustices, lies, and evil. Do you know there are times and points in your life that one has to stand up for what's right and what is true? This is that time. You know, I'm reminded of one brave woman who did just that. Do you remember Esther? Esther said, for such a time as this, I will stand up. I will speak up and step out. She put her life on the line to save God's people. For many Christians and moreover, Christian leaders with the biggest stages, biggest platforms and mouthpieces. It is such a time as this. You need to speak up, stand up and sound out. This is your Esther moment. And I humbly say to Christian leaders, don't preach about it. Now your moment has arrived and you won't be about it. That's God's business. You don't step up, step out, or speak up 
or speak out like she did, putting her life on the line to stand for God and his people. She stepped into the political arena with a spiritual issue. It can be done. Esther did it. We're waiting to see you do it too. Do you know the devil has declared war on the truth and promises? And I believe for such a time as this, Christian and Christian leaders need to armor up for the war that is at hand. The war against the devil, his imps and lies. Believers need to come off the sidelines where you've been silently sitting, watching the devil's schemes, tricks and lies. God's soldiers need to mount up. Put on your belt of truth, buckled around your waist, your breastplate of righteousness in place to guard your heart. Feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. The shield of faith extinguishing all flaming arrows of the evil one. The helmet of salvation to guard your mind. And the sword of the spirit to fight with God's word against the lies. A fully armed soldier ready for battle. All your armor protecting the front of your body for you to attack. Nothing protecting your back. Because God did not recruit, call, or appoint cowards who run from the battle, but soldiers who are willing to run into the battle and fight the enemy, his lies in this case, who's attacking God's truth and promises. Remember, Scripture told us where cowards will land in the burning sulfur with their lying counterparts. And please understand this again. This is not a Republican issue a Democratic issue, a Green Party issue, an independent issue. This is a human issue, a God issue, a spiritual issue, a life and death issue. This is a Jesus issue where people are trying to make lying the norm and devaluing promises from the very people that have been elected to the highest offices in America. They are authors and leaders of the lying. No, they're not alternative facts. They're not falsehoods or misleading statements. These are the enemy's lies. And I just wholeheartedly believe God expects Christians to stand up for truth and against lies, regardless of who it's against or how others will respond, act or react to you. We are God's chosen instruments, his vessels, ambassadors, spokesmen and women. Called, anointed, appointed, commissioned, and empowered by the Holy Spirit to be gatekeepers of his truth and his word, taking a stand for what is right, what is true, and what is pleasing in God's sight. And lies aren't pleasing in his sight at all. Understand no man's lies trump Jesus' truth because God has commissioned us to speak truth to power and trump and stomp all lies and the devils that raise their heads. Amen? Please allow me to close like this. There's an old story about a little boy who had a problem with telling lies. So his father wanted to teach him a lesson. The father got a brand new piece of wood. He drove 10 nails into the wood and then called his son and said to him, Son, you have recently told 10 lies. I want you to go back and fix them. For each one you correct, we will remove a nail 
from the wood. So the little boy set out to fix his lines. When he had finished and the 10th nail was pulled from the wood, the boy's father said, well, how does it look? The boy responded, the nails are gone, but the scars are still in the wood. His father said, now you have learned the lesson. Lying does damage that is sometimes impossible to correct. Lies have hurt feelings, scarred reputations, brought down mighty men, divided families, broken up great relationships, started wars, ruined families, caused death and killings. And one day it will bring down a mighty country like the USA. Lies can do all this. So I say to you in closing, if God has given you a voice, a platform, a bullhorn, or a pulpit, men and women of God, stand up and speak out. I'll leave you with this. You have to stand for something that something is Jesus, lest you fall for anything and that anything is Satan. Lies, truth, or promises. I ask you the question again, where do you stand? Amen? Father God, I come to you in the mighty name of Jesus. I come asking that you give your people and your leaders the conviction to stand for what is true and what is right in your sight. Give them the courage to stand, the insight to see, the wisdom to understand, and knowledge to know all that you are revealing today, especially as it pertains to the lies, broken promises that are being disseminated from today's leaders. Give them clear sight to have open minds to know this is a spiritual attack and not a political one. An attack on truth, promises, integrity, and the very fiber of this country. Raise leaders who are soldiers to fight for you and your truth for what's right against whatever the enemy brings forth. Raise Esthers for such a time as this. Empower them, encourage them. Give them wisdom knowledge, understanding, strength, and courage to face the issues that you see. Give them the platform they need to round up soldiers who are willing to go to battle with them for you. Father God, round up your soldiers. Arm them with truth and power from on high. Remove the cowards and raise up a new army of believers who will stand and fight for you and your word. Do it today, Lord God, as only you can. And I know you will. It is in the mighty name of Jesus I come asking all these things. Amen. As always, we hope you enjoyed today's message. We welcome your feedback. And if you were blessed by the message, please feel free to pass our podcast information on to both friends and family. We pray that you have an awesomely blessed day. And we thank you again for allowing us to share a word of God with you. To God be the glory. Amen. AAJ Pod, where the passion for Christ meets the purpose of Christ.